this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am, Am I, I normal? normal? From a money monster to a fake date fiend, we've got some stories. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my Date Lab articles in the Washington Post, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Happy Halloween. And welcome to a shocking episode of Dates and Mates. In the spirit of All Hallows' Eve, this episode is dedicated to ghosting, ghoulish behavior, and suspicious situations. Yes, it's our annual Halloween dating horror stories episode. We do this every year. Halloween is my favorite holiday, if we can call it, is it a holiday? It's kind of a holiday. I love Halloween and I love doing the show where we dissect dating horror stories. This particular year, we collaborated with Reddit to find some of the scariest dating disasters from around the globe. And boy, did we find some doozies from a money monster to a fake date fiend and everything in between. We've got some stories that'll make you laugh off your own dating disasters. And I'll give you my expert insights on how you can escape a similar fate. <laughs> then at the end, my dear friend, Matt Marr, will share his salacious dating horror story. And let me tell you, it's a... Uh... It's one for the earmuffs if you're listening to this with uh, with your mom or your kid or anyone that might make you blush. All right, let's start out with our first story from Reddit. It's from a user named Kada, and all of our dating horror stories today are going to be read by the fabulous and wonderful producer Lindsay. Producer Lindsay, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I'm so excited for today's events. And the costumes tonight. Well, you better only give me some treats because I'm not here for no tricks. Uh-oh. <laughs> Everything's going to be a little tricky today, Demona. You better be ready. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. What did Kata have to say? So I had a great first date with a guy. A few days later, he asked me to go on a trip to Louisiana with him. He and his friends were going to sports bet. He mentioned that he'd take care of me and that I wouldn't be paying for anything. I kept insisting that I didn't want to ruin the boys' trip, and I also barely knew him, so I was on the fence, but he ended up convincing me, and I agreed to go. He came over the night before, and we were going to order food delivery. He suggested we split the cost of it. I found this weird because of the way he's previously mentioned he's going to give me the princess treatment. I also don't like splitting tips because it's really impersonal, and I really was interested in this guy so far. So I'd much rather just take turns and not keep track of splitting and stuff. I offered to pay for the whole thing. Besides, he said he'd cover the trip tomorrow. I assumed it would include lunch, dinner, maybe some blackjack or something. So we stopped for breakfast. I bought my own burrito and water while he stayed in the car and I asked if he wanted anything. He said no. I came back and he ate half of my burrito that I paid for. What? <laughs> we got to the casino and he and his two friends went to go sports bet. And he said something along the lines of, oh crap, I forgot to bring my cash. I awkwardly suggested withdrawing some from one of the 600 nearby ATMs in the casino. But he complained that the withdrawal fee was super expensive, probably. <laughs> He asked me 
He asked me if I brought any cash and I was super, super uncomfortable and said that I only have $50 and it's my emergency cash. He begged me for it and said he would sell me. So I agreed and gave it to him. He ended up asking one of his friends if he'd go 25-25 on my 50 on the sports bet with him. Lol. He did not sell me. Hours later, they actually ended up winning that bet for $300. They split the 150 each and I expected him to immediately give me my $50 back. Nope. He and his friend pocketed 150 each and pretended I wasn't even there. After the games were over, he proceeded to go play blackjack with the money he just won. I don't even play because I don't have any cash. And at that point, I'm just super anxious and scared and uncomfortable being in a city with a bunch of strangers who basically just stole my money. He loses all of the money he wins playing blackjack. When it was just him and I alone, I came up with the courage to ask him to sell me my $50. And he said he'd give it back to me when he got paid at the end of the week. He eventually did but it was already over for us. Oh my God. Producer Lindsay, I swear (laughs) that just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It's one of those things where once you get in to a situation like that, it's hard to extricate yourself. Right. And I feel like so many times we're taught to just be nice. Like the big first decision is, am I going to go on a trip with this dude? I just went on one date with. And that's like the first question. And it's funny how much I've gotten that question from listeners and clients before, like, oh, I had one date with this person and now they want to wine and dine me and take me somewhere (laughs) so that they can, (laughs) so they can drain my bank account. No, but usually, usually that's not the goal. Usually it's so they can get in your pants. Right. So, and we'll, we have stories about that later, (laughs) later in the show. But in this one, I could not have anticipated that he, she was there to bankroll the whole thing. You know where you really lost me though? Tell me. When he ate that burrito. <laughs> like that is really the moment where I was like, I, I can't, like, I, I, I can't. I'm a food sharer. My husband is not, <laughs> which creates its own challenge. But to take someone's burrito when you said you didn't want anything and to not even acknowledge the fact that you just ate half their burrito, that is some shady stuff. <laughs> scandalous, for sure. It is so scandalous. So, okay, what can Kata do? Now, I'm glad that she got her money back because I would have taken this guy to small claims court. Right. (laughs) And though I do understand the concern with spending too much on the ATM fees, (laughs) I don't know why I will literally like I will spend more money on a credit card to not have to pay an ATM fee. Why is that? It's only four dollars each direction. I mean, why would we avoid it? It's less than a burrito. I'll say it that way. It's less than a burrito. (laughs) But I want to make sure that everybody knows if they find themselves in a situation like this, how they can get out of it. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about safety, particularly dating safety for women. And we have to be a little clear about vetting when we get into a car, any car with somebody, but especially going out of town. Uh, I wouldn't go with his boys. I wouldn't go on a second date. I wouldn't go 
across town on a second date with somebody and all of their friends, let alone to another state. So let's make a pact, everybody, that we're not going to do that because you want to give yourself the chance to really get to know one another. So it is equally problematic for someone to never want to introduce you to their friends as it is for someone to want to introduce you to their friends literally right up front. Uh, I am a big fan of splitting. I know, look, I'm modern and progressive producer, Lindsay, that has changed in recent years, but I think it's a good idea to split, especially like on a second date, but giving someone your emergency $50 when they're too stingy to use the ATM is just too far across the line. So here's the bottom line. Make sure if you are going to go out of town with a date that you don't know very well, make sure that you have an exit strategy already mapped out. And this is one of the things when I talk about date preparation, I'm actually talking not just about reading their dating profile again, going over the things that you want to talk about that indicate your values and your goals uh, choosing a location that is going to be safe for you. I I also mean, what is your exit strategy? Like I always say, be coming from somewhere and going to somewhere. So if you're all the way out in Louisiana, your exit strategy may be to have your own hotel room, to know how you can get an Uber or a train ticket home. You've got to know what happens in the worst case scenario, because this is really a worst case scenario, but there is actually, there are a lot of other unsatisfactory possible outcomes from a situation like this, that having that exit strategy would be useful in any event. So that's the scoop, Kata. When we know better, we do better. And hopefully you can take that money you got back and maybe you can win at love and also at blackjack. All right, moving on to our next Reddit story. We have a user named Inakwa. <laughs> Producer Lindsay, what's this one all about? There's one bad date that still haunts me. It was many moons ago. The guy invited me for drinks in a nice pub. We have drinks, but no chemistry at all. We keep talking about work, how we met, basically. He makes a move to reach for my hand, which creeps the heck out of me, as I really did not give any encouragement. But okay, it can happen. So I remove my hand and lean further back. After that, I was extra cautious to keep distance in order to avoid mixed signals. After a, well, that was very nice, I have to go now, and standing up, he launched for what appears to be a peck. He was very short, so luckily I managed to dodge that into a brief, brief, polite hug. <laughs> we make our way out. I got there in a taxi because it's somehow a bit remote. So he offers me a ride back to town. I said no thank you for the offer, but I'm calling a taxi now. It was for Uber. Out of nowhere, this guy proceeds to pick me up, and he starts to carry me. No idea where to, because he can't. So he gives up after 10 steps. I literally froze in terror, anger, disgust, you name it. And I regretted not yelling. To this day, I still have no idea why he did that and why he thought it was okay to touch me without consent. I never blocked anyone that fast in my entire life. 
That is a pretty bad date. <laughs> it's funny because at first I thought that when you said pick me up, I was like to pick me up in his car. And I'm like, no, physically <laughs> pick me up. Yeah, just grab her apparently. So I I don't necessarily blame the guy for trying with reaching out his hand. I will say, producer Lindsay, that was actually a defining moment on my first date with Seth. Mm -hmm. I literally cannot tell you one topic that we discussed, but I remember the moment like two thirds of the way through the date where he reached across and he held my hand and I was like, oh, this guy likes me. And then I was like, okay. And I will admit at that point, I wasn't really sure but because he made a bold move, I then leaned in. So I think that Inakwa did a lot right by leaning out at that point. <laughs> yeah. But this guy clearly could not take the hint and was just so excited. Have you ever been picked up on a date? Um, no, but I'm just having flashbacks of picking <laughs> you up now. <laughs> yes, you guys. Producer Lindsay picked me up and twirled me around. I'm a little thing. I'm only, I'm like just, I'm five feet soaking wet. <laughs> but you have my consent. It was okay for me. <laughs> yeah. It was all in good fun. No, I've never had a man on a date, uh, any date, just grab me and pick me up. No. And if someone reached for my hand, I can maybe think of once or twice and I pulled it back. They definitely read the cue and we didn't like have any other problems. So feeling bad for Inakwa. I know, but I, I commend you Inakwa for having your exit strategy together. Mm -hmm. Of course, now we have Uber and we have like the taxi apps and all that, but you had a plan and you stuck to it. And it's really hard to do that. It's really hard when you're face to face with somebody and you're like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable, but I feel bad. And like, here I am all the way out of town. And that really sends the message. If I'm like, no, I would rather ride with a stranger than you. Right. <laughs> right. I would rather do anything than get in a car with you. But we have to have that, that confidence and that conviction and that clarity to be able to set that boundary, especially on a first date. So cheers to you in aqua. So yes, that was a dating horror story that was bad, but could have been a lot worse if not for your quick thinking. All right. We have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have, we have Matt's dating disaster coming up and we have a Xanax zombie story to tell you about. Stay with us. And we're back and we are here with Halloween dating horror stories courtesy of Reddit. This one comes to us from Reddit user Pocky Town. Producer Lindsay, what did Pocky Town go through in their dating disaster? I used to have a crush on this guy back when I was in college. He used to take me out all the time just to hang out as friends. Summer 2010, we had a disagreement over something stupid, and we stopped hanging out. When school started in the fall, I saw him on campus, and he asked if I wanted to hang out and said to wear something nice. I thought he was finally making a move because he never asked me to dress up. Anyway, he picks me up, and I ask him where he is driving me to. He says to a job interview. I thought he was joking and laughed, but he was 100% serious. 
dude dropped me off at a group interview for one of those pyramid scheme operations that sells knives and then left to hang out with the receptionist. So I was stuck there while he took another girl out on a date. I was too embarrassed to call my dad to come pick me up. Afterwards, a common friend who was there took me home. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's next level. Um, I don't even know what to say to that because how could they have even seen that coming? I don't think they could have. I asked if I wanted to hang out and wear something nice. And then the fact that he goes on the date with the receptionist. <laughs> I don't know who could be that mean. That's just like a mean, petty thing. Okay, we have another horror story from a Reddit user called OXO. So, spring or summer of 2007, I was at a house party in Edinburgh. This girl was giving me ohos all night. <laughs> I eventually introduce myself and find out she lives at the apartment. We eventually go to her room, do the deed, and hang out a few times after. One of the times, she proceeds to get black out drunk and zanned out. What is zanned out? <laughs> I assume that means Xanax. Oh, because it's with the X. Okay. Yeah, like Zanny bars and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not in the culture. So. I'm not in the culture. Uh, <laughs> and I am. Oh I'm God. not. <laughs> We're figuring it out my li like Yeah, I am zanned <laughs> out by children. That is That is my lifestyle. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Okay, what happens? I'm, I'm dying to know after the Xanax. Okay, so on the way back to Edinburgh, she has to pee all of a sudden and asks me to pull over. A cop was down the road, so I said, just wait a second, and I'll stop at the gas station. I pull up, stop the car. She gives me puppy dog eyes and kisses me and gets out of the car. I notice the backside of her skirt is soaked. <gasps> then I look down on the passenger seat and notice the seat is wet. The fumes of ammonia make their way to my nose, and I confirm she's pissed in my car. <laughs> wow. She gets back to my car nonchalantly, and I confront her about pissing in my car. The Xanax had to have been kicking in because her eyes were glazed, and she did not seem to care. I get her back to her apartment. She knocks everything down that was on her bathroom counter, tries to take a bath, and then passes out. Oh. I leave. I'm laughing at the situation thinking she didn't use me as a doormat, but did use my car as a toilet. Anyway, <laughs> we hung out a few more times, then I moved and never saw her again. Whoa! I did not expect that ending. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right? It's like, I mean, I guess, I guess people make mistakes, but that's a hard yeah. one to overcome. And then they still hung out a few more times. I know what he was interested in. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the relationship he... started anyway. So yeah. no shade, but that is, have you ever had like a dog pee in your car or anything? Luckily? No, I've had dogs throw up in my car though. And I know it's hard to get smells out, especially if it's soaked into your cushion. Yeah, I've had kids throw up in my car, but never, I've never had anyone pee. So that's, that's new. That's new. I would say, look, if you're going to be with somebody who's blackout drunk and zanned out, you're sort of playing with fire already. 
Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen, that's for sure. You don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen. That girl was not there. No, and I would say, like, for this guy's safety also, like, he needed to not be involved in that, too. Because who knows, like, if she's if she's blacked out and he has good intentions, but she doesn't remember, that's mm-hmm. just, uh, that's set, setting you up for a very, very gray area. Yeah, yeah. A lot of risks involved there, for sure. I wanted to ask, though, if the cop wasn't there, was he going to pull over and let her just pee on the side of the road <laughs> apparently uh yeah this was doomed from the start you know I, I, we have to really pay attention to how how a connection starts that really this is why i spend so much time with my clients talking about setting the foundation for the relationship the connection the hookup whatever it's going to be right at the very beginning so this started out this be, this began and ended in the same place and OXO got exactly what they had bargained for in this situation. And hopefully they uh, also got some air freshener from the gas station in the meantime. Maybe some kitty litter. litter. All right. Our final story. We got a voicemail from my friend, Matt. This one y'all is pretty juicy, a little bit raunchy and a hundred percent a dating horror story. Lindsay, hit it. So this story is about a hookup that I had. Um, I was at a bar called the Roosterfish, which is an old dive gay bar out in like Venice Beach area. I've been there many times uh, when I was younger. And so I met this guy and we started having a conversation. And I'll be honest, I really just talked to this guy because he was there with his cousin and his cousin at the time. Y'all, this is like This was a while ago, like 15 years ago. This was back when Project Runway was huge. And his cousin was my favorite designer at the time on Project Runway. Totally the reason why I hooked up with this guy. So invited him back to my house. We're talking a little bit. He's this little short man, but he pulled down his pants. And it was (laughs) the biggest penis I've ever seen in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sex positive. So I've seen a lot of peni or penises, but anyway, so we were like making out and all that kind of stuff. Then we lay on the bed and, you know, I start doing, look, I'm not professionally trained, maybe classically trained in the art of blowjobs. I've given a lot. So I'm doing my best work with what I can do. I mean, this is a two-hander job. I am like, you know, I'm, I don't want to add any, it, it is just. It is huge. And then I look up and he is texting on his phone while I'm giving him head. Oh my God. Texting. Uh, no, no <laughs> ma'am. So I promptly finished what I was doing and I said, I use excuses that I guess a lot of people have. I just said, you know, I have a headache. And he wanted to stay the night and I said, no. And I promptly, he took, I took him home. And before he got out of the car, he said, we should do this again. And I just patted him on the leg and I said, I'm good, but thank you, which felt kind of mean for me, but I was trying to be somewhat nice. So 
So I don't know what the moral of the story is. Maybe sometimes you're doing your best work and people aren't going to notice. But I still look back on that and say, you know what? I did that for me. I showed up and I can put my head to sleep at night knowing that I was giving that man a good blowjob. <laughs> I hope the text was worth it. I love Matt. And you know what I love about this story is I love that Matt already pulled the moral out of the story for himself. I mean, I think sometimes, sometimes we have these dating horror stories and we're just like, okay, this is a terrible thing that happened to me. But if it's just a terrible thing and we don't process it and we don't find meaning in it, whether the meaning is just like, well, I'll never do that again. Or (laughs) I, I gave a great blow job, whatever the meaning is for you. It's important to get that perspective, even on our dating horror stories and bad dating experiences and horrible relationships, because if we're not learning from the experiences that we go through, then what is the point? Then we're just suffering. Then we're not having growth as a human. Of course, terrible things are going to happen occasionally. Bad dates are going to happen. Bad blowjobs are going to happen. But it's all about... How do you move forward after that? And kudos to Matt for setting his boundary there too and saying, thanks, but I'm good, right? Lindsay, I know I would have just been like, okay, fine, you can stay. (sighs) Maybe not. I don't know. That's pretty. Would you now, if you were single and that was something happening to you? No. No, actually, I'm going to tell you a horror story. I hear Matt's horror story and I will raise... Matt, another horror story. I do not think that I actually don't think I would have stayed because I had exactly one, one, one night stand, Lindsay, in my life. And it was the most awful thing because this guy had a head cold. (laughs) Oh, no. So, yeah, there were tissues all in the bed and they were they were there because of not what you might think because he was blowing his nose and so he was like well I can't kiss you because I have a cold (laughs) it's like why are you here but you're like completely in my face yeah I was at his place and then it was over and he was like okay well I kind of have to get up early in the so like basically can you go and I was like wow you have no class Wow. <laughs> and I'm out. And he was like, let me walk you to your car. And I was like, I, I yeah. prefer that you don't, like, you I will take my out. chances yeah. out in the streets. And he was like, no, I've got to walk you to your car. And I was like, please. Don't. So he literally just like followed me to my car. He was like, I'm going to just make sure that you're okay. And I'm like, you can do what you want. You are just to clarify, you are not walking <laughs> me to my car. Like now you're going to be yeah, a no. good guy. No. Oh Lord. So I think I would, I would hold that boundary, but it is hard to keep those boundaries when you are, you know, we were hoping for something else to happen and the date goes sideways. So Hopefully everyone got some insights today on how they can survive their dating horror stories in the future. I got to give a big thanks to Matt Marr and to Reddit for contributing stories to our special episode of Dates and Mates. A little different format this week, but we do this every Halloween and I hope you had as much fun listening to it 
as we had making it. And hopefully you've learned a thing or two from the ghosts and ghouls described in this episode. Speaking of, if you do love Dates and Mates, this is episode 480. I would love to hear what you love about Dates and Mates. Give us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening on and tell us what you're liking about the new season. Tell us what you want more of. Tell us which guests you want to hear from or which guests you've loved. And we will keep making more dates and mates for you. The DMs are open as always. We're going to be bringing back some more Dear Demona soon. So you can DM me at Demona Hoffman on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can leave me a voicemail or text at 424-246-6255. We will be back again on Tuesday with Julia Mazur. She's the host of the Pretty Much Done podcast, a former employee of Tinder with a lot of perspective on modern dating. She's going to talk about not not settling for less than you deserve on your love journey. Until next week, I wish you happy Halloween and happy dating.